Thought Bubble Audio. All right, welcome back, folks. We are here. We are Loud Women. We're here recapping Shrill, Season 3, Episode 7, Beach, the penultimate episode. I never know if I'm using that word right, but I think I, I, think I got it right. The second to yes. last episode of our beloved show, Shrill. How are you feeling? The, the, the anti-penultimate is the one before. Uh, so this is the penultimate. I know. Mm-hmm. ESL, how you doing? I always learn um, something. Can... <laughs> Can I just say thank you uh, so much to uh, listeners and fans of this podcast for like pushing us to getting like a little bit of a featured slot on Spotify as of June 2021. We love you. We appreciate. We do you. appreciate you. We 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 joke. We have our little niche here, but we got this little this little fam, and we're really grateful to all you guys for listening. And um, you know, when you leave reviews and things like that, it helps uh, other folks find us. Um, you know, we talk about this a lot, but the show, you know, lives on and people find it whenever. And so um, you leaving us reviews and things like that on wherever you are listening to your podcasts, uh, it really helps people find us later. Um, so, yeah, thanks for that. We got a little got a couple of little featured spots this week. So we appreciate we love to see it. It's nice to know it's not just the two of us talking to each other. Although, you know what? I would, <laughs> I would be happy doing that. If it was just you and I, I, I live for this. <laughs> no, no cap as the kids I say. I love it. Oh, well, Hey, let's get goodness. into this, uh, this final episode, which <laughs> kind of felt like a dream like this. I feel like there was a big tonal shift. Like the, we're in a different show now and uh, not in a bad way. I just, I'm like, okay, they're clearly getting ready to wrap up the show. Like it very much felt like a major tone, tone shift. Tonal shift is the correct way to phrase that annie with bangs i couldn't hit what year was this supposed to be perhaps like what year of well college? let's do this math probably this was like i would guess this was like 10 years ago so if she's like 28 mm. 29 this was probably yeah freshman sophomore year i bet this was like sophomore year that was the it's a big sophomore vibes mm. and yeah the bangs were mm, strong yeah. i i've i've had those bangs those exact bangs that was a it was a look um yeah there's some things uh in this episode that hit really close to home mm, peak new girl era yeah, yeah i was that exactly that's what it was was i was like the mm. and, and and the sort of outfits were very similar to now that i'm thinking about it ad had the kind of that kind of dress going a little bit uh annie did so yeah i think that's an interesting i hadn't really thought about that from like a timeline perspective but yeah that was probably like 2009 2010 yeah um yeah yeah, around there all right so let's jump in um we get started today uh we've got our four best friends uh enjoying a crab dinner on the beach together um they're having this little couples group beach weekend we've got fran and em and we've got uh will and annie and enjoying a lovely uh crab bake i felt like it was appropriate that em was taking the lead there as the uh the the person of wealth uh in class um that (laughs) that was the money clearly we're like okay you have money i like the little i like that this has now become a running joke in the relationship with fran and em is you know cracking jokes about their their wealthy upbringing you know we never get a sense of what m does for work so it's starting to add up now that's a valid point m's just always kind of around they always have weed they're like that's like that that friend that friend comes from money sometimes you know what i mean 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, something else I wanted to know as we get started is, you know, we see, you know, they're all kind of joking around at the table together. They're cracking jokes. And uh, Will is already like very much comfortable with everybody there. Like it, it's very clear. We've jumped probably about a month in time. And this is what you hope for when you're bringing somebody new around is that they are like clicking with your friends and it's it's very clear he and Fran get along really well we get this sense they've already spent a ton of time together and it's just it's really fun to watch this like group of people that's gotten to know each other in the time that we've you know been away yeah 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 um I think they do establish that it's been about a month um you got to be real comfortable with somebody in your life for so, for another person to just like dump a bunch of crabs and corn on a table in front of you and not kind of be put off by that. <laughs> that Maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just me. It's a cultural thing. But I'm like, yeah. But I'm like, okay, we got to be cool. Like we got to be real cool for you to just dump some crabs on my they, they did. They had a, they, they definitely had some comfortability. We got the sense that they've, they've spent a lot of time together as a group. So we also find out that Annie and Will have not yet been intimate. Um, and you know, mm -hmm. it has been about a month that they've been dating. We get the sense that Annie is ready and open to it, but Will is, is not quite, not quite there yet. You know, I don't, okay, but I don't necessarily understand what the rush is. I, okay. It's well established now. It's canon now that I'm a Puritan. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Tookie's like they could just never it's fine <laughs> it's fine it's fine like the shakers died out because they wouldn't bone but like it's fine <laughs> the shakers a religious sect look it up uh great furniture but um I don't know for me it was like oh we've been seeing each other a month and we I, I guess I'm just like slow to move you know? <laughs> I kind of had the same reaction too actually I was like I wouldn't find that super abnormal but I guess probably my the subtext also was that they've been spending a ton of time together and that like this isn't just oh we've been casually dating for a month it's kind of like I get the sense he's at the house all the time I get the sense that they're so so you know I I but I do I had the same reaction where I was like a month isn't like that's not that crazy but I also like the kind of yeah. flip dynamic the flipped like gender dynamic here too where it's it's usually we see like the man who's you know in this like hetero relationship it's the man who's kind of chomping at the bit to like get that moving and so it's kind of interesting to see from her side and how that ties into the body stuff and ties into some of her her history and so I thought this was kind of an interesting way to peel back the layers um on some of those some of those stories yeah I mean I think the instinct or I don't know if instinct is the right word but like the rush to 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 you know go go to go to pound town is that what they <laughs> call it um i think i think part of that is what they touch on where it's like you're you're only um valued like you know the only time you get to be valuable or know that you're valuable is if and when somebody you know has sex with you and um i think i think maybe that ties into some of the psychology of annie's character and motives and like you know, eagerness to hop in bed with Will so soon. Uh, whereas, you know, I look at that as someone who I, per I, mm, serial monogamist, I prefer serious committed relationships. I just don't like my time wasted. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't, it's, it's, it's too much. I, I can't deal with like multiple penis. I, I'm not a peen juggler one at a time in my life, you know? And, and for me, 
I'm just very much a take it slow kind of person, especially because I, I have been in a position where I felt very objectified by a person. And it's like, I don't, I don't like how that feels. And I want to know that there's something at least a little bit established. Like I'll give it maybe three to six months before you put your beef in my taco. You know what I mean? Like, that's just, yeah, no, I think that's totally normal. And I think everybody has their own level of comfort with those types of things. And, and that's, Okay. And so I think it's interesting that we're, we're getting in to talk about this. Um, and, and you're right. I think it does tie into some of the maybe trauma and thing like tr- things like that from her, her past. And, you know, we get to see some of that. So, you know, we, uh, we get a little college flashback and I love a flashback episode. So I'm super excited about this. I, how do you, I feel like flashback episodes are very, uh, people feel they're por- polarizing. People feel one way or the other. I don't like lazy flashback episodes like they used to do on sitcoms in the Fair. 90s where it's just a clip show. Fair. Where Fresh Prince, we love the Fresh Prince, but they are guilty of that. It, egregious. Egregious with the flashback episodes of just rehashing old footage. And at one point, they rehashed old footage where Aunt, new Aunt Viv was talking about some shit that went down like six years ago and they showed a clip of old Aunt Viv and I'm like, y'all Oh my gosh. Notice. They this think no, one, the no one's gonna notice? Come on, guys. No one's gonna notice. Come on, guys. <laughs> So we get our little, we get our flashback. I would argue that this was a, this was a, a good reason to have a flashback because it was very contextually mm-hmm. relevant to what we were talking about right in front of us. So, um, you know, right out of the, right out of the gate, we're introduced to Annie's shitty best friend at the time, uh, Lauren, the theater major. Uh, and we meet George, the mustachioed prop master. We've got another mustache this season. Why? Okay, we've been. Th- I don't know how many times I can say this. Don't touch. Don't trust a push broom. Don't do it. Don't do no. it. Especially if he's not offering you a ride on that mustache. Bye, bye. That, that's Outta two here. mustaches this season that have that have led us astray. Oh, oh, they come in threes. If the final episode <laughs> has a mustache, <laughs> the final horseman of the mustache. Um, no. So we meet George. Uh, we see. Fran. Uh, Fran has a friend, Dia, that we meet. Uh, and they're all kind of going to the rap party that night. We get the sense that Fran and Annie are in the same circle generally, but aren't super close. Uh, so, you know, any, any, we'll, we'll, we'll jump back and forth here between, cause I think this time it's, it's relevant if we, if we kind of jump back and forth timelines here, but any thought on that initial intro to this dual friendship dynamic we have here where Fran and Annie have not always been the BFFs as Mm. we now know them. I like the fact that there's been a lot of character consistency in this regard where at least it's, it's well known that Fran will just Fran and everybody automatically loves Fran and she's automatically the like global studies. What was it? Like I don't know which class, but like she's already the teacher's fave and the teacher thinks that Fran is the Magna Carta. I love that. I love that. So I, I love the fact that, um, already we've established, like these characters are firmly who they are and there's no like, Ooh, Ooh, listen, I'm coming for some people. Again, I wouldn't be an episode of Loud Women if I don't alienate a segment of people. But like how friends would do those. I don't know. I'm black. I don't know why I know this. But friends would do flashback episodes of like someone in a fat suit. Yep. And it's like, what the, what the, why? Yeah. Who, who, and who has the time? 
I, you know, let me, okay, I'm flailing. I'm no, sorry. that's okay. But it's true. They're very, I mean, that's very top <laughs> of mind for a lot of us who have just watched the Friends reunion. I'm not proud, but I did. And I was kind of hoping they would address the Monica fat phobia. So I will go off on that for a minute. Uh, they should have. They made her look like a disgusting monster or implied that she was a disgusting monster. And she was probably like a size eight in her fat suit or maybe Ugh. a size 12. Very problematic in all sorts of ways. Um, friends, we love to hate it. <laughs> also, lobsters don't mate for life. Fuck all y'all. Uh, <laughs> I saw a gaggle of bridesmaids at one point doing brunch. This is like two years ago with, you know, matching shirts that you're my lobster. And, um, yeah. Yeah. In the friends font. Yeah. Well, anyway, any, like any other, sorry, any, any final thoughts on, on flashbacks broadly <laughs> before I scoot back to present? Um, I, again, I just, I, I, I like the fact that they're grounded in the reality of this particular universe and it doesn't feel complete, like they're jarring sometimes when they cut back to the flashbacks, but it doesn't feel completely disjointed. And it has something to do with this, the, the full the meat of this episode mm -hmm. at least and it's not just like remember that time it's not a family guy cutscene. it's just like hey here's the backstory here's the context here's the underlying reason for why annie is like this for why fran is like this for what well we don't get will and m but you know i love the fact that we're getting our superhero origin story I love that. so to speak i love that uh, yeah. And even, yeah, I think we see how far Annie come has come instantly in this first scene. Like, oh, wow. She's still Annie, but she's a different person. But there is something about Fran where she just has that magic where she's always been Fran. Um, and that's kind of cool mm -hmm. to see. But then we also see a little, little growth with her too. So we'll get into that. We're getting ahead of ourselves. But back at the beach house, um, we see that Will has cut his shorts uh, at the recommendation of everyone. Uh, and he's cut it, them too short but it's um it's working for annie it's working for me um and Madam. i mean i'm i will is i that is my that is a man that is my type <laughs> i like a big man like that a nice teddy bear of a man mm, love it love it mm. uh so so we we sort of see this dynamic playing out in real time where annie's kind of pushing for a moment to happen and and he really you know, sort of abruptly, abruptly, but kindly cuts it down. Mm. Yeah, it's it's always interesting to see a man be in the position of like, mm, not tonight, I have a headache. Mm -hmm. But I think that's, again, that's yeah. good, right? Like flipping that yeah. dynamic is good because the reality isn't what we've been presented on sitcoms, you know, from the 80s. It's like, no, men aren't just sex monsters and like women aren't just there to be like taken. There is these, the, mm. the, this is 2021 baby. There's some dynamics here. And they actually touch on like, you know, the fact that a man can have insecurities about sex as well. And I, I just thought that, um, you know, I, I, I am a cis woman and I can't speak to the male experience, but it was nice to at least see that. And to, to, to have that represented and kind of humanized instead of just trope, trope, trope. Oh, dude can't get it up. You know, exactly. It's, yeah, exactly. There's some, they, again, they do a really nice job writing nuance in here. Uh, mm -hmm. so, you know, going back and back to college, um, we see, we have an interesting moment here where Annie is in the apartment with Lauren and we see Annie deep, deep in like the diet culture world. And, 
we see how that has been such a big part of her life for so long. She's talking about how her mom sent her these these diet bars. We see Lauren, who is a very, very thin, talking about her body and how insecure she is about her body. And um, the dynamic here is just just really toxic. And I think a lot of us have probably been in that position where you have a friend who is a objectively thinner person than you that's like I'm so fat I'm a piece of shit and you're just like cool what do you think about me that's awesome this is so fun you hit the nail on the head because like watching that scene just stirred up so much stuff and it's part of like moments like that are part of why I don't self-describe as fat even if you know other people have called me that um just because even at at my heaviest I have had friends who fit both legs in one of my pant legs talking about that. And it's like, you know, am I, am I this size right now by choice? Not necessarily, not necessarily. It's, it's, you know, people have medical issues, right? But as someone who finally got comfortable ish in a larger body, and then to have that kind of suddenly, you know, Oh my God, I'm sick. What's happening? And people be like, Oh, but you look great. But, Hey, I'm dying, but you look great. Thanks. And, you know, the, the, the feeling of still existing in that body doesn't change for me, but I am aware that I'm not in a position where at least on the surface level, like if I go on stage, I can't make jokes about my size to an audience, despite the fact maybe I'm a little larger than some of the women in the audience, because I'm not, you know, the, 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 the very toxic, um, poster image of what people seem to like to call fat and you know I and because I fall into this like weird category where people wouldn't you know they see me and they're like okay you finish meals but they're not like you know horrified if I eat ice cream which I hate people who do that um with the you know food shaming fat shaming all of that I still know what it's like to be again that larger friend who watches somebody who's so, you know, meticulous about everything they put in their body still degrade themselves right in front of you with no regard for the fact that people may or or may not, but may have said like even worse things about you to your face or behind your back and just like down talk. And it's like, what? Oh, 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 you're, you're fat. Okay. So, hmm. What's your perception of me? Why am I your friend? Mm-hmm. You know, oh, am I am I also am I just that friend to help you look better? You know, that's another yeah, thought. Yeah, and I I think that's a good example of why all of that negative talk even if it's directed at yourself and no matter what size mm-hmm. you are or how you identify, um it harms everybody. It harms you, it harms um people around you whether directly or indirectly because if they hear you saying it about yourself they that you know they perceive it other ways as well and so I think this was just again in a quick little 30 second scene it said a lot about how this diet culture really like harms everyone it helps no one except for the people that are trying to make money about uh, off of products and people that are trying to control women uh <laughs> so those are the Big only facts. people help so beating up on your own body is helping no one except for those people and fuck those people. So, um, mm, okay. No, there's a, we, I don't want to violate anybody's terms of service against violence, but, um, those people who profit off diet culture know what they can suck. They sure Mm. do. 
So we uh, we find so we, again. So Annie and Lauren are uh, in the apartment together. Fran shows up. We find Fran shares a, a suite. It looks like with with these two, um, and like all these, you know, Annie and Lauren are having a rough day talking about their bodies being fat. Fran just like barges in with a pizza she found, and I'm like, Fran, just wonderful lovely so we get a big reveal here about fran that she has a boyfriend um and we also find out that annie is a virgin so we kind of reset some of the stakes here a little bit um lauren throws it out to uh we see mustachio george show up again she mentions in front of everybody that annie is a virgin um and then says you know people can just tell you can't be mad at me for being honest what was that supposed to mean? Was it because my question was, is that directed at Annie's just overall energy slash personality? Like, did you examine the way she walks? Because, you know, oh, you, you walk different when you or or was it, you know, a dig at her weight? Mm. Like, I just I have I had so many questions. Like, what does that mean? It was. Yeah, that was just it felt very loaded. It felt like all of those things wrapped up into one. It felt like all of that was just under the surface of what she was implying. We also, there's just this very weird, shitty dynamic between Annie and Lauren where I think a lot of people can probably relate to that experience where you feel like you are the like less hot friend uh, or like the less mm. traditionally hot friend. And you've got this like power dynamic where somebody is just kind of like a bully and, and just kind of treats you like shit and like their sidekick. And I definitely get that, that energy from the two of them. And uh, I just hope more and more people are able to, I, it's hard when you're in the storm, mm-hmm. but if you can take a step back and examine those kinds of friendships, because I've been in that kind of friendship where it's like, oh, I'm, I'm the friend you keep around as, you know, to, to, cause, cause you like, you like the boys and the attention from the boys, which live your best life. <laughs> but why is it at my expense? Exactly. No one, if, if you're in that situation right now. Try to recognize that. Okay. Try to see yourself in that and remove yourself from that mm. dynamic because you deserve a friend who will eat pizza with you. So Ugh. back at the beach. Uh, Stolen pizza. Which also <laughs> like been there uh, pre-pandemic when we look back on things that <laughs> were very gross that we've done in the past. Uh, eating pizza you found on a brewery <laughs> table uh, after a party left. There was only one or two pieces taken out. Taken out. It was 10 p.m. <laughs> and I was very hungry. Um, so... Back at the beach, uh, the gang is hanging out by the fire. Um, we have a cute moment where Fran and Will find out that they have the same birthday. Um, and are they're, they're twins, uh, they say. Um, mm-hmm. And just the dynamic between the two of them is just, like, so incredible. Like, these two, it's just such an odd couple pairing, but I adore it. And it's so much fun to watch. Yeah, they're just both not... I- I get the vibe that they're just both not fake. Yeah, there's just so much sincerity. Like, neither of them can even fake, could fake liking anybody. And so they just have this, like, beautiful sincerity. Yeah. Real recognize real, as they say. And I love that when when, uh, Fran and Em get up and go into the house to have uh, a mom, um, (laughs) Will's comment, you and Fran (laughs) are both so mischievous. Like, it was just, I I just feel like he sees her, he sees Annie, he understands the dynamic, and he, like, respects who they are, right? I imagine that coming into that kind of friendship dynamic could be, especially as, like, a cis white man in this, like, Mm -hmm. into this, this group of folks, he is so at ease, he finds it, he, he fits in, he's comfortable, and it's just, like, that's really cool 
and fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. And he, he doesn't care to like impose his whatever onto their friendship. Mm -hmm. He's just, he just enjoys them collectively, of course, but as their individual exactly. selves. Like he, he likes these people. He doesn't come in. Exactly. He doesn't come in and try to like change the dynamic. He's like, no, I'll just fit into what you guys have going on and I'll just do my best, which is just, mm -hmm. what more can you ask? Um, so it's just Annie and Will now at the fire and Annie is like, okay, this is the moment to talk to him about the, uh, the sort of elephant in the room. And I think this is the most like vulnerable we've ever seen Annie, but like in a really sweet way, she's just so smitten with him and she makes that so clear in the way she asks this question like she asks it with love and it's just mm. this maturity that we haven't seen from her yet you know i i feel it feels i feel like a woman had a heavy hand in writing this because i think in the past when it has been written through the male gaze where a woman wants to know why she's not desired mm -hmm. in some respects it's it's you you have to it's written in a way to pity her yes and pity women who ask that sort of question of like why won't you do me that's you a know? really good point i had not thought about that but that's so true is if we've seen this scene play out before it's been very much that either i'm the victim or i'm insecure and isn't that annoying how insecure i am where it's like we're painting mm. the woman to be like whiny or yeah i think mm -hmm. that you're right it's it's there's just something so sincere about how she asks him this question and then like gives him the space and authenticity to, to show up as his true full self and so when he responds you know it's embarrassing but i'm i'm really nervous she just validates him really beautifully and this is way more empathy than we've seen her muster i think in this entire series it just feels like yeah. a kind of a different character. Like this, she's just the way she listens to him and validates him. I'm just like, okay, this is a different woman in this like real relationship. That's the word. She listened. Oh, oh, oh we that's hit the it. Word. She listened. We hit it. She listened. And I don't know if she if she listens that much in the past. No, no, mm -hmm. to the wrong voices, perhaps. Yeah. I think this is a really good example of somebody that like when they are when now annie feels safe in this relationship she feels like emotionally mm. she's like protected she's safe and so she is now able to like be a better partner than we've seen her before and seeing her have this conversation with him give him the space to be vulnerable i just thought it was a really beautiful scene and you know to have this kind of a tricky conversation and him to come out feeling so safe so you know validated and safe was just really beautiful I just love the fact that both Fran and Annie are in relationships where their partners protect them in ways that they do need protection. Like they're, you know, especially because there's a racial dynamic involved, they're going to need different kinds of protection. And so like we touched on a couple episodes ago, I just really appreciate the fact that M is protective of Fran especially for some bullshit, but not in the white savior kind of way of just like, this is my part. This is my person. And like, I understand, you know, I don't live this experience, but I understand that some, some, some bullshittery is afoot and I'm going to step in and use the privileges that I do have, you know, not to say that M, you know, I'm a straight and straight privilege is a thing in this society, especially when you've got mm, governors signing anti-trans bills, mm, you yeah, know, but 
I just appreciate the way that um, M has stepped in to be there for Fran in like a, a nuanced level of ways, in many ways that are nuanced, that have layers to them. And here, finally, we have Annie protecting someone's feelings other than her own. Mm -hmm. And it's like, wow, growth. It is. It's growth. It's, it, it's uh, yeah, I think you're right that they both are sharing that same quality of these these relationships mm -hmm. really being like a rock for the other person um and that's mm -hmm. and that's kind of that's kind of lovely and will doesn't even owe it to annie to protect her feelings after text no i know i'm still <laughs> like i'm not over that yet but he seems to be um yeah. so back at the theater party um the theater party uh i think it's <laughs> yeah, important because those are the, we have been to a lot of those that's that was my that was me and um they're different than normal mm. parties they're a lot more like horny in a really weird depraved kind of way oh i avoided those you know yeah. i i avoided i uh avoided there, there is some <laughs> uh, the weirdest shit i've ever seen in my life has always been at theater parties so uh lauren ditches annie um fran and dia are kind of vibing um dia mentions she thought that fran was gay she was like my my radar was off um and then we see george uh sort of put put the moves on annie i put that in quotation marks he sort of in his mind it felt as if he thought he was like being gallant. Um, he, he quote offers to take her virginity, um, as if he's doing her a favor and everything inside of me, like just re recoiled, uh, physically. Mm, I knew the sex was about to be trash because he kept the scally cap on. Like he kept his newsboy cap on. He, ad he adjusted what? it during, he adjusted it during the in intercourse. He adjusted Ugh. his little hat. I just. Oh, so they do it on the floor of the prop what? closet, fully clothed. I made a note. George adjusts his cap and comes in his pants. Um, and uh, at the end of this encounter, he says, you're welcome. As she walks out the door. I'm not thanking you for that trash ass. I just. I'm stressed. I'm sorry. It made me <laughs> uncomfortable on like every level. I felt like I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to be privy to this, but I think it was important that we know it. It's like I grew a new hymen watching that scene. I'm sorry. It's like one of those things that it was like, yeah, it was like consensual. It wasn't like a coerced situation, but it still felt really gr like there's just something that felt real wrong about it, but I don't know. I was like, eh. she was making her own decisions. This is my, this is my shit that I'm putting onto this. I think it was fine. I think it was just cringe. I, you know, but he made the proposition and you, you know, the camera cuts to her pans to her and you see the the wheels turning in her head. You see it in her eyes that she's thinking about it. And my thought is you raggedy bitch. Don't do it. But she did it. Uh, at, mm. A scally cap. He just shaved the mustache, but like you do, in the, in the prop, in the prop closet, closet on the floor in the and he and he threw away the evidence in a Greek urn. That I had a physical reaction to that moment. I didn't even write it in my notes because I would like to pretend <laughs> that it doesn't exist. I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. I didn't. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's important. <laughs> the Greeks deserve um, it. All, all. <laughs> wow! Oh, I know oh, who oh. you're coming after today. 
Um, so <laughs> that's all I've got about that. I don't know. I th- I felt like that was complicated. It's, you know, on a macro level, it's like, I think a lot of people have been in that situation. I think I know, I knew at that age, a lot of people who felt that way of like, I just like, this is hanging over my head. I just kind of want to do it and then not have this be like such a defining thing about me. So I understand that mm-hmm. sort of instinct mm-hmm. as well. Um, but it just, it's never, it's always kind of a bummer, you know, it's just kind of a bummer. I, I just want to put a disclaimer out there that I am absolutely firing shots at all the ancient Greeks. I have a very serious beef with Euclid. He can get these hands. Um, but yeah, just the, the, <laughs> um, but yeah, the fact that like, that was an era too. Like we were just coming hot off the heels of like the peak Britney, like Britney 2007. Mm situation and like pop pop starlets whose virginity define them and that whole culture of like what aspects of a woman raise and and lower her value that kind of thing i think we were just like on the tail end of that so that's why it was still like a stink yeah and it was still a very normal conversation for people to have which i don't know i don't know if that changed i don't know how what that looks like now um for young folks um i don't have that Mm. many friends who are teenagers now because i'm an adult but um listeners you can tell us if you're a teenager um shout out to being grown and paying taxes (laughs) um i shop at a farmer's market now so i don't know anything (laughs) about that that stuff anymore so i'm gonna i'm gonna move on from this encounter with george Mm -hmm. unless you have any final uh thoughts or wisdom it mm, just take off the scally cap yeah don't don't he mm. no make better choices me you know we've let men in those kinds of hats have too much for too long. That's a really good point. Don't That's do a it. Good point. Thank you. Um, so this was a really interesting jump, uh, back to present day because now we see present day Annie juxtaposed as this like bad bitch in full control of her sexuality as she walks will to this hot tub, takes off all her mm. clothes. Will is like, entranced he's so excited he's into it and so it's like seeing this evolution of this girl that was so scared and vulnerable and like insecure to this woman that's like i'm about to make this man crazy right now like let me take off my clothes what a delight to watch yes we love we love to see an in-person thirst trap that is exactly what that was that's exactly what it was. She knew what she was doing. He, he, under his breath, this is the, mischief, this is the mischievous, I can't say that word, mischievousness <laughs> I was talking about. And he was just seeing his like desire for her felt very earned. And I just like, after watching all that, that journey that she'd been through as a younger person, I was like, yes, girl, get it. Yes. This man yeah. lo- like yeah. adores you as a human being and is attracted to you and just like thinks you're the shit. Like, yeah, girl, get it. Show me your tatas. You know, and it's a genuine attraction coupled with affection. And I I just, I love the fact that we get to see that, especially in a character of Annie's size, because we don't get to see a lot of, you know, plus size women be happy, be, be desired in that regard. Mm-hmm. You know, that 
I, I just it's there nice. was a couple of moments nice. through this episode where they let they give us these like lingering shots of just Will being horny in just his eye, not in a mm. gross way, but just like you could see in his eyes like lust. And I was like, yes, that's great. Like, let us see that reaction to to a woman in that body type. And I think that's amazing. Yeah, I you know, it. It, it says a lot about the media that has been out there where it's like the you know uh, you get labeled like a chubby chaser or the attraction to a larger woman is like ironic mm-hmm. in some way it's the it's the joke you're the you know that guy becomes the butt of the joke if he quote unquote likes big girls right whereas like no this is a girl who well a woman she's a woman who is desired and it has nothing to do with her size it's just that she's like hot in that moment you know yes. she's, she's, she she could get it and you know we've seen annie be sexually desired in the past mm-hmm. we've seen people who are interested in her but i think this is like really i think you you made this point earlier is like this connection between the the sexual attraction and the connect the, the emotional connection being so strong and seeing the two mm-hmm. it just feels earned like it feels like we've built up to this and it's like this feels right even though we've only seen them together for a couple of episodes all of this context is like this feels right it's it's the attraction plus the genuine appreciation mm-hmm. of her and not just i'm trying to bang and you got a fat ass exactly. you know it's <laughs> yeah so one you know we'll take one quick back look back um at college fran and annie um, we see after the party, Dia and Fran are having like a little moment by the vending machine. And again, Dia's like, I don't know. Am I, am I, I thought we were going to kiss. I, my, my read is off <laughs> and Fran, you can kind of see her think about it. And like, we watch the wheels turning and then she goes in for the kiss and they have this like really beautifully lit, like stunning little moment. It was like very evocative of like what it felt like to be in college and being having these like moments with people by the romantic light of the vending machine. Like I just, ah, it was just beautiful. It was so well done. You know, who lit that scene? They must've taken some cues from the lighting director at Insecure. Cause you know, so with a show like HBO's Insecure, um, you see some of those indoor scenes and there is specific light, like, there's always the thing like oh well you know you just don't know how to light black skin it's just difficult it's it's not it's really not it's not yes the you know the more melanin in your skin the more light you do absorb but there are ways around. we have the technology to get around that and there have been some like indoor in the dark scenes where so many of the actors are lit so beautifully on that show and they're not obscured. They're not out of focus. They're not too dark for the shot. It is done right. And I feel like, you know what, in this scene, this very intimate scene with Fran and Dia, I liked the way that they were lit. They weren't obscured in any way. I mean, okay, I'm a whole beige, right? I got, I, I got, a, I got a Jewish dad. I probably don't have much skin in this game. Ooh, pun, but not intended. Um, but I like to see that they were seen, that they are visible, in in this regard like there is proper lighting on them we can see their features their faces the the look in their eyes <laughs> you know the the, the holding ha- was it crackers, it was crackers. what was what it was were they peanut butter crackers. It was crackers but like just to see all that melanin that beautiful skin being lit the way it was and okay i i you i know oh i okay 
I need more. I, I have more points, but I need, I want, I want you to talk. Okay. <laughs> no, not at all. No, I think you're totally, I think that's a totally valid point. I think I love the insecure comparison. I think that that's really, really accurate. That show has amazing, amazing lighting. I think even the way that they didn't shy away from their bodies too. I think there was the, mm. the, the lighting element of it, the way that it was like these two bigger women who are like having this really intimate moment. I think it really was like evocative of this, this sort of feeling of like first of energy of like this burst. You can almost see like, um, it was, it was significant. It felt significant, but please go ahead. Yeah. By all means. Well, I, I I just also want to say like, I know I'm not the most specifically qualified person to speak on these particular matters, particularly because Fran is British and racism in jolly old England manifests itself in a different, it's, it's still anti-blackness, but like, it just, is different. You, you know, you grew up with different, uh, just a different, you know, a, a little Earl Grey in my gaslighting, right? <laughs> so <laughs> a little cream and sugar in my, in my discrimination. All right. Um, my, in my terrible Beatles accent, but, but, um, you know, it's so it's just different. It's a different kind of culture of anti-blackness that you experience. But I, you know, I can't speak to the black British experience, but I know that in America, in black American culture, and oof, in the West Indies too, in some countries, like it, homophobia is real bad, real, real bad um, in, in some Caribbean uh, countries, especially like with like, you know, people who... Um, use a, a lot of religion to disparage the gay community and, and, and that kind of stuff, which it, it, I, I'm straight and it hurts me. Right. Um, but in black American culture too, there is sort of like a, a, this, I can't explain it, but like, there's a lot of homophobia that goes on in the black community. And so, especially at a time where, um, we were just barely having the conversation about black mental health, at least in America, and um, black queer identity for Dia to live out loud in a sense in that way at that time, which isn't even that long ago, but it still feels like ages ago. And it still feels like, to an extent, the stone ages in terms of the um, the level of comfortability comfortability and visibility that people have now. And again, it's not puppies and sunshine, right? It's still, there, there's still a lot going on and there's still a lot of bad going on and people are still being hurt, but you know, pride sponsored by T-Mobile. Um, <laughs> but, 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 um, you know, to see Dia at least live in her truth as the saying goes and, have that kind of comfort. Maybe it's because she's away from the pe from people. I'm not, you know, reading into her whole backstory as a character, but maybe it's because at college she's away from people who may have um, forced her to be in a position to shrink herself in that regard. But to see Dia kind of be out-ish, if you will, like that was just also really nice to see. You don't see a lot of queer black love. Uh, it, 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 or it, maybe, maybe they weren't in love, but like they were at least into each other. They yeah. shared a moment. So you don't see a lot of that. And, and it's not something that's, you know, homophobia in the, the black community is not necessarily discussed in a way. Cause you know, it's not everybody's business. I'm, Ooh, I'm putting some stuff out there. <laughs> um, but, 
oops. Um, but you know, it, it's a, it's an issue that we have to deal with. And it's part of why people have to say out loud, like black trans lives matter. And, you know, and when people say black lives matter, it has to include every black life. You can't just, I don't agree with that lifestyle. No one asked you to agree, Janice. Okay. Um, you don't have to, that's your, that's their <laughs> business. And that's your business. Why are you so obsessed? Okay. Stay out of other people's beds. Okay. But just to see Dia as a person in that sense, um, was cool. It was, it was, it was, I, I, I like the way that they handled that. But again, I'm not the most super duper qualified person to talk about queer stories to begin with. But it, given that it's something that it's not, that that's just not done in a sense, it's like, wow, okay, we've, we've got this moment and, um, the, my only, my only nit, nitty nit nitpick is like, hmm, they kind of fell into the TV trope of a person having sexual awakening in college. That's true. That's the only kind of, that's the only kind of nitpick where it's like, oh, I came out in college when I've met a lot of people who like knew, yeah. <laughs> knew, knew, but college is oftentimes the space where like you're at least separate enough from people who made you feel, um, that like you should like, like you couldn't come out where it's like, okay, I'm in a space now where I can at least do that. I think a lot of the things you said there about Dia and living out loud and sort of being able to live her life in a time where there were far fewer, um, there was a much smaller percentage of people who were able to do that. Um, I think mm -hmm. that I got a little bit of subtext that Fran was seeing that too in Dia. Like, I think Fran wasn't just seeing Dia as like an individual, but like Dia represented so much more and like she dia represented this life that she wanted to live and um mm. and that's that's you know gave it a little bit of significance as well because you're right there is all of that um all of that undercurrent there too i mean even the way dia called out you know the the two girls at the party who were making out and was like oh they're not like come on um i think there is <laughs> there was a lot a lot there um that they showed us in that moment with fran um and they just, and, and yeah, it feels like those moments are treated with, with respect, um, and, and dignity, which is, um, which is great. Um, yeah. I mean, it's not going to be perfect for everyone who watches. Yeah. And of course, people who might hear this would probably wholly disagree with me. And that's cool too, but at least they did it. Mm -hmm. At least it's out there. Cause what other show can we name? That's not like a niche, niche, niche show. That's not on the trending page of Hulu. Mm -hmm. With a, with a podcast on Spotify's <laughs> trending. <laughs> uh -huh. That shows us that. You know what I will say? Not to, okay, I know this is actually, this is probably a little bit sticky and people will have mixed opinions on this, but the Master of None season three that just dropped was very, mm. very good. And that was also like a black, focused around a, a black queer couple. And it was um, mm. just really, really well done. Season Sorry was only in it for like five minutes. So um, I know that there's complicated ethics oh. involved, but uh, I thought it was good. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> so it's just kind of nice to see that kind of, that kind of representation. Yeah. So, um, okay. So let's go back to, we're going to stay back in college. Um, they go back, Annie goes back to the dorm, uh, and Fran's the only one that's there. She tells Fran that she had sex with George. Um, you know, she talks about not being comfortable fully naked. Like, again, this is kind of juxtaposing with what we've seen throughout the rest of the episode, um, and Fran reveals that she and Dia had a moment and they kissed. And I thought this was interesting too. Annie was really supportive right out of the gate. You know, we are the first ones to 
um, shit on this character for being um, not empathetic or being selfish or making things about making things about herself. But she actually, I, I felt um, that was a really pretty good selfless response there. And, and she kind of decentered herself pretty quickly in this moment. Yeah. Yeah. Though I, I'm like, how much of that was written from a 2021 lens versus Annie in 2011? That's valid. That's valid. It's revisionist history a little bit looking back, (laughs) but um, you know, we see these two really like are, we get the sense that, okay, this might be the beginning. This was a big night for both of them. And also it kind of feels like they're sharing this moment now together. And this feels like the, Mm -hmm. the really like when their relationship starts to, to take off um, and see the beginning of like a real friendship, you know, Fran, Annie asks why they never hang out and Fran's like, well, your friend sucks. We, we hate, I hate her. Um, and, and we just get a sense that, okay, this, you know, Annie's got this new kind of confidence or she's starting to enter this new phase and then Fran's starting to enter this new phase as well. And we just feel like this moment was really significant for both of them. Yeah. Um, I, I just love the fact that they, um, well, at least Annie realized what was better for her in that moment right away Mm -hmm. where it's like, you know, uh, Annie maybe is starting to (sighs) grapple with the fact that she wasn't making the best choices for her own just self. And like, here is somebody who she actually connects with rather than being the, the, ugh, there was a movie, if you recall around that era called the Duff. Oh, sorry. That was really loud. Yeah. Even at the time, yeah. I remember, I think that came out in like 2012 or something. And I remember being like, Ugh. aren't we past this? But we weren't. We, we weren't. weren't. We were still in it. You know, I think, I think you're right where she's starting to, Annie's starting to have some of these recognitions about what she deserves from a friendship perspective, from a romance perspective. You know, she, a couple of times was talking about how she was uncomfortable being fully naked. She asks Fran, mm-hmm. you know, is it a lot better when it's someone you actually have feelings for? You get the sense that she's like, okay. I need something more than, than this. And luckily like Fran's yes. there for her and, um, to show her, Hey, there are people who will like treat you in a respectful manner and, um, will eat pizza with you. And that's way better than looking at yourself in the mirror talking about how fat you are. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, again, it's not Fran being the, you know, the, the, the person of color in service. It's not, you know, she's not doing the You is kind, you oh. is smart, you is important, right? It's not that it's just like, two human ass friends and one of them who has a little bit more sense than the other trying to help her learn that. That's true. That's true. So anyway, so that, that kind of wraps up the flashback. Um, I thought that that was really, I I loved it. I liked seeing the beginning of their friendship. I liked seeing, um, them both kind of on this, just seeing the snippet of their, of their early days together. And I thought it was additive. Mm -hmm. I, I thought it was, it was good. I thought they did uh, really well, but like that jump back to reality or present day rather. Mm. So we're back at the beach house. This is the morning after their skinny dip. Um, and I just said, Will and Annie, um, they have a moment in the bedroom. Um, the way he walked in with a cup of coffee and just like looked at her. That was one of those moments where I was like, hello. Um, and he just was like, up, oh, this is it. This is the time I'm ready. Let's rock and roll. You know, they didn't show the whole act either, just like the lead up to it, which I, th- but 
I, which I thought was enough because they've documented a lot of trash ass sex on this mm -hmm. show. And I didn't need the full scene. I didn't need the whole, you know, David Attenborough in the wild it, with a camera documentation of it to know that finally, finally, Annie got some quality dick. We knew it. We knew from the way that he kissed her neck. That was all we needed mm -hmm. to know. I didn't need to see the butt shot. Like, I didn't need to see the... No. We, save that for the fuck boys. Like, save that mm -hmm. for Ryan. Like, this is, Ugh. like, actually... This was better left up to our imagination. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I appreciated that choice. Because <laughs> um, I think that, that gives it... It almost, like, gives it some... I don't know. I, I like the mystery, right? It's, it's almost a little bit, it heightens it a little bit. You know, we don't need to see yeah. it. We know that it was good because we know it was good. You know, she left, she left the room. She, they're all packing up to leave. She goes to Fran. She describes it. Uh, it was horny. It was sweet. It was good. And I'm just, yes, that's all. What else do you mm -hmm. want? That's beautiful. Like wonderful, lovely. Um, so she's, you know, telling Fran about it and um, Fran tells her that she will be moving in with M and that's where they leave us. Ugh, the gut punch. As she said that and I was like, ma'am, pardon the fuck? Like, why? <laughs> I, I know that was probably hurtful or like a bummer, but also like, I don't know, you guys are almost 30. Like, it's fine. You, you know what I mean? You've been living yeah. together since you were like 18, you know? It's, yeah. Eh, it's time. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's only but so many times you can watch your cat take a poop in the box before you put a lid on the box, you know? Yeah. Time to separate. That's exactly what... Is that a weird... Yeah, that's a weird one. I wouldn't have... I. But yeah, you got to put on the lid on the box sometimes. That's what I always say. So, um, you know, I think we'll see how that plays out. This sets us up in an interesting way for the final episode. You know, I I, I actually like haven't been spoiled miraculously. So I don't know if we're going to like jump forward. Yes. I don't know what's if I'm assuming that we're going to end up with Annie and Will together. I'm assuming all of our couples will be intact. I don't think they're setting us up for like a dr dramatic, any dramatic breakups. Um, I think that would be more... Mm damaging than anything at this point i would be really sad um i just i just need the spinoff i know me too but in the absence of that have you been no i don't want to ask you anything i'm not gonna ask you any questions i was gonna ask if you've been spoiled. uh someone almost spoiled but i i in a dm mm. but i i shut them up they almost spoiled know, my friends will text everyone texts me about this show because they know we do this and they're like, oh, my God, can you believe what happened? I'm like, shut the fuck up. I'm only on episode four. <laughs> I have to maintain <laughs> the integrity of the podcast. Um, they almost spoiled. They almost had me. But I, I, I was like, no. Any any hopes no. and dreams for you for the final episode? Hopes and dreams. Other than a spinoff. Oh, gosh. The, just give me the spinoff. Just know. give me the spinoff. Um, a better sex tape for Fran and M. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, they deserve... They deserve, All of it. you know, to look back fondly on the fuck memories. Yeah. Uh, if that's their thing, if that's your thing, you know, but also destroy all the evidence. Don't upload it to the cloud. Uh, you know, VHS. sex tape. If you're going to make a sex, VHS, VHS, don't even convert it to a VHS. Leave it in that little handheld. Cause if you lose the machine, you'll never be able to watch it again. You'll just have a tiny little tape and no one will be able to do anything with it. Exactly. Um, I just, I just, I want to see more of Annie doing better, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and less people around her sucking. Yeah. Like 
making the active choice to not surround herself with energy suckers. I like mature Annie. Like, we've seen glimpses of her. We saw her a lot this episode. I like this more, like, developed adult Annie. And so I hope that Mm -hmm. we kind of get to send her off in that way of, like, we watched her struggle and grow, and now, you know, she's in a better place. Um, And and also, stop with the parents. We know it's COVID. (laughs) Like, you could stop calling them. We know that they can't go anywhere. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. I think that's it for today, folks. Thank you for joining us. That was a long one, but you know what? Worth it. Yeah. That was a good one. That made me feel stuff. Um, Last last season's been really good. It's been a good last season. All right. Well, here's my here's my little ditty um, to wrap us up. Uh, please leave us a review. I know we're going to be wrapping up this show shortly, but it helps folks find us in the long term. Um, you can find us on Instagram at loudwomanpod. Um, and you can send us emails at loudwomanpod at gmail.com. Uh, for the two of us, you can find uh, me on social media at hi, this is Marissa and Ms. Tookie. Tell everyone not to follow you. Yeah, please don't. Uh, at Tookie Monster on all platforms, all one word. Uh, and also, yeah, I'm performing live again. Check the website if you'd like to be insulted and offended in Check person. Check the website. Don't DM her and ask her where she's doing stand-up next because that's annoying (laughs) check her website and go see her because she's really freaking funny all right my friends we'll talk to you next week we love you we love you take care goodbye